Welcome to Bank of Singapore's Outlook in 5. The definitive guide for investors to stay ahead. Hello, I'm Conrad Tan, investment strategist at Bank of Singapore. Last Friday, on the 12th of August, the US House of Representatives passed a package of laws that includes the country's biggest ever spending plans focused on climate change. The Inflation Reduction Act, as it is known, includes some 370 billion US dollars worth of climate-related subsidies, tax credits, and other incentives to expand renewable power and electrification, to retrofit buildings to make them more energy efficient, and to encourage wider adoption of electric vehicles. Today, I want to highlight just a few key points about the climate aspects of this landmark piece of legislation. First, it contains subsidies to encourage more spending on zero emissions electricity production, not just for wind and solar power, but also geothermal, biomass, and hydropower projects. To support the domestic US renewables industry, there is also a tax credit for making equipment such as solar cells, solar modules, wind energy components, and battery cells. Second, there are incentives to encourage production of hydrogen, which is attractive as a low-carbon energy source to decarbonize a wide range of economic activity, such as power generation, transport, and heating and power for buildings. Third, there are tax credits to encourage investment in carbon capture, utilization, and storage projects. These are seen as the next generation of key technologies that will help to reduce net greenhouse gas emissions generated by industry by capturing and storing carbon emissions to prevent them from being released into the atmosphere. Fourth, the package includes tax credits to encourage car buyers to choose electric vehicles, either new or secondhand, instead of traditional internal combustion engine vehicles. The climate package also includes subsidies for installing electric vehicle chargers and various incentives for homeowners to improve the energy efficiency of their homes. And finally, the new laws also impose a fee on excess emissions of methane by industry. Methane is a particularly potent greenhouse gas known to have much greater global warming potential than carbon dioxide, and the fee on methane is aimed at reducing the harm caused by methane emissions. Many of these climate-related incentives are valid for the next decade or beyond. They therefore offer longer-term visibility to encourage businesses and households to invest in green technologies to curb harmful emissions. Overall, the new climate package is expected to reduce U.S. net greenhouse gas emissions by around 40% by 2030, compared to 2005 levels. And most of the emissions reductions are expected to come from accelerating the deployment of clean energy and transport. That would help put the U.S. on course to meet its pledge on Earth Day last year, in April, to cut its greenhouse gas emissions by 50% from 2005 levels by 2030, and the US promised to reach net zero emissions by 2050. So what are the key implications here? The new laws are likely to spur a rapid burst in growth in wind and solar capacity in the US. According to preliminary modeling by the Repeat Project research team led by Princeton University's Zero Lab, annual capacity additions for wind power in the US are expected to double by 2030 from current levels and increase by up to five times for solar power. The new incentives would also encourage investment in hydrogen production and deployment of carbon capture technologies at new and existing power plants that use natural gas and coal. 
Overall, the Repeat Project research team believes that the new climate package would drive nearly 3.5 trillion US dollars in cumulative new investment in the US energy supply infrastructure over the next decade. Now, besides catalyzing new spending by US businesses and households, the climate package is also likely to accelerate the rivalry between the US and China on green investment. China continues to pour billions of dollars into expanding its renewable energy capacity, and it remains by far the biggest spender on energy transition technologies, outpacing the US and other major economies. This underpins our ongoing preference within China for businesses with exposure to renewables, as well as the new energy vehicle infrastructure and supply chain. We've also highlighted previously how Russia's invasion of Ukraine is driving a profound shift in Europe's energy policy and accelerating its deployment of renewables and clean energy. Now, the recent struggles faced by businesses and households worldwide due to high energy prices make it very clear that the transition towards climate-friendly growth is unlikely to be smooth. But the passage of the US Inflation Reduction Act and its massive package of climate and clean energy-related incentives are just the latest reminder that the longer-term policy trajectory is also very clear. The world is heading towards a low-carbon economy. Now, with large gaps still remaining between what governments worldwide have promised and what still needs to be done to get the global economy on a path to net zero, we expect even more aggressive policy shifts ahead to decarbonize the world economy. This will create new risks and opportunities for businesses, and we will continue to update you on the latest developments in this area. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. This podcast was brought to you by Bank of Singapore.